And on HealthWise this morning, Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. Okay, good morning. And the first article we're going to take a look at is about how we can cut your dementia risk according to the World Health Organization. They've launched their first guideline on um, how people can avoid getting dementia. Uh, some tips include um, avoiding smoking and drinking too much alcohol. And they say while well, eating a healthy diet is beneficial, but popping vitamin pills doesn't make a difference to dementia risk and um, they also say there's no good evidence that brain training works but some studies suggest it may be worthwhile I guess how significant are the risks of stopping alcohol and smoking when it comes to dementia later in life Dr. Rajbans? Yeah, I think because uh, both are toxins, so one increases uh, you know your blood flow to the brain causing atherosclerosis the smoking and also it basically increases your free radicals increases inflammation all these are some of the risks that we think can cause dementia of course alcohol is a direct toxin to the brain so each time you take any amount of alcohol it actually kills a few of your brain cells uh, and, I, and I talk of you talk about thousands of brain cells for you know one mm-hmm. so but the thing is that if your lifespan was 60 70 when it used to be many years ago you know so you probably had enough brain cells left to you know carry on functioning but as lifespans are increasing and as more and more of your brain cells die so in your late 70s or 80s you might end up having memory issues you might get dementia so that's why these are both uh, bad risk factors smoking and alcohol I will stop that definitely lifestyle is the key uh, you know Mediterranean diet has proven to help uh, slow down uh, you know same with the other sort of blue zone diets and uh, so I think exercise keeping social keeping your mind active so don't know whether the cognitive training per se helps I think it really you know if you do it correctly it will definitely help mm-hmm. to improve your memory yeah. just like any memory uh, you know so, sort of game so that will help now according to the supplement yeah they said popping vitamin pills uh, make no difference but I'm just wondering if there are some supplements yeah I mean take. right now there's uh, two that have shown some sort of benefit one is from the ginkgo plant the EGB you know one to seven that that seems to have some study showing that you know it can help to improve your memory whether it can stop dementia we're not sure the other is phospholipids you know your omega-3s there's so much of thing about children taking you know your DHEA and EPA helps your brain so whether the same thing will help in your as you get older especially the phospholipids from you know the uh, fish roe for example mm-hmm. so there's something no harm but again back to lifestyle which is the key wonderful okay well coming up hormones can reduce uh, some women's chances of miscarriage that's the latest from bbc health uh, we're going to take a look at that next after jason raz here on light on HealthWise, Dr. Rajban's uh, with me this morning. Now, giving hormone progesterone to women who have had a miscarriage and experience early bleeding in pregnancy could improve their chances of having a baby. This is according to a recent study. I, I guess what I'm a little confused about is that, you know, women who don't want to get pregnant take uh, the hormone pill. And that's a combination of estrogen and progesterone as well. Yep. Uh, how does this then um, work okay, to stop miscarriages? I mean, the, the one they used in this study was just progesterone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, progesterone alone just helps to maintain the lining of the, the womb. Right. So the embryo can actually sort of, uh, you know, get uh, attached there. So that's how the, that's how it helps in preventing miscarriage. also helps uh, improve the immune system. But again, any hormone during pregnancy, I think, must be very carefully monitored, must be 
done by you know experts you know gynecologists who know what they're doing and and since this uh, uh, research quite a few thousand patients that were used so i think it's uh, promising uh, but again must be done by people who know what they're doing experts right. and not anybody should be taking progesterone when they are trying to get pregnant right so um do you know in your knowledge um is this treatment available and widely used here in malaysia no i think it's still under research because this was study done and they were hoping that nhs will take it up right. so that means it's still under you know uh, review is probably not something that's done mainstream yet okay well coming up charcoal toothpaste that have been popular in the past uh, well it's been proven doesn't really whiten teeth <laughs> we'll get dr rajvan's thoughts on that next here on light is a light breakfast with Shaz on HealthWise this morning. Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society and um, charcoal-based toothpaste, uh, which claim to whiten teeth, are actually just a marketing gimmick which could increase the risk of tooth decay and staining. This was a review in the British Dental Journal. I've actually seen uh, various charcoal pastes that have been um, for sale, on sale, and uh, that, you know, show a significant whitening effect. I don't know if this is for real. I mean, does does charcoal have teeth whitening properties? Gee, no real idea, you know. And it's always from the olden days when you know people had, uh, you know, they thought that using sort of these black things will help whiten your teeth. <laughs> but I myself have got no idea. But I know, like you said, there are some famous brands who use uh, charcoal in their teeth, and they show you know how the teeth seems to be getting whiter. I guess it's just advertisement. Yeah, I suppose right. it's all part of the advertisements. Whether it helps, I'm not sure. As long as it doesn't do any harm, you know. Though they say that they using those uh, sort of uh, charcoal uh, things. things can cause long term can cause uh, you yeah. know uh, bad to the I mean to the teeth and the gum so I suppose just have to be careful anything just don't overuse right why do people believe this actually works I suppose it's just a good uh, somewhere someone has decided something that worked and <laughs> it's, worked you know, in and, the past and, uh, yeah, when there were no toothpaste probably when no toothpaste and then advertising has made the rest of it famous so, okay yeah. alright well buyer beware coming up a study suggests that avocados suppress hunger but can we trust the research well we'll find out next with Dr. Rajvans here on Light on HealthWise with me is Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. A study has suggested that avocados suppress hunger, but can we trust the research? Is this especially with the keto diet? A lot of consumers are replacing, you know, their usual carbs with more fats like avocados. And, you know, I, I've read somewhere and I know for a fact that when you eat fatty things, you tend to stay fuller longer. Yeah, I think that it does. And also avocados got a lot of fiber. So, you know, fiber fills you up so you feel full longer and then of course avocado has got a lot of uh, the good fats the monounsaturated fats which also helps you to you know take a uh, hunger away and uh, also it's packed with a lot of vitamins and minerals so mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the superfoods now only thing is that um, one ounce is about 50 calories so you just have to be careful <laughs> a lot of the superfoods can have high calories so again everything is uh, you know in, in balance moderation. Yeah, moderation in balance yeah. so but it's something good you know it's all the good fats so uh, no harm definitely is part of your variety of diet you know with if you want to put it in your salads and in your you know foods is uh, something that is very good actually okay well as you know avocados 
in Malaysia are very expensive. What uh, kind of local art- alternatives can we use? I suppose any sort of vegetable because most vegetables have fiber. So any high fiber sort of foods uh, is something you can replace. A lot of times vegetables that our local vegetables actually are very cheap, you know, very easily available. And I think that's a good alternative. But if you're looking at good fats, I suppose, you know, the other things is looking at nuts or, so, you know, some of the oily fishes, which are also, again, not so cheap. Yes. You know, so, but for just fiber to fill you up, any okay. vegetables will do. And what about durian? Because durian is full of fiber and it's also full of fat. So what are your thoughts on durian? Yeah, the thing is, durian is whether the calories are, they say, are quite high. So yeah. again, you have to be a bit just aware of that. And there's also a bit of extra sugar there. Mm-hmm. You know, so, definitely. So, so it definitely will spike up your insulin. So you have to be just a bit more careful. Okay, well, coming up, can you put your legs up to fight fatigue? What is the science behind this? Well, Dr. Rajbans has an answer for us next here on Light. Is the light breakfast with Shaz. Now, a uh, latest article in The Star says that um, putting your legs up, <laughs> especially if you're lying on a bed, put your legs up against a wall so that's higher than everything else, um, can actually help you fight fatigue. I guess it um, alleviates pain and tightness in your leg muscles. It calms the nervous system, reduces anxiety and headaches. It aids digestion, minimizes varicose veins and restless leg syndrome, and enhances sleep is this true what are your thoughts on this? I, I know that it just feels good. Yeah, I, I'm not sure because it looks more, it, they say it's part of a yoga pose. Maybe, you know, yoga is an ancient art, so maybe there is some truth. Of course, it, if you put your legs up, you're going to improve your circulation because all the lymph will drain down and, you know, improves the circulation to the heart. So, mm-hmm. probably overall, it improves your circulation. The only thing is that the way you you do it, I think you have to be careful. If someone with uh, back problems or with knee and hip problems, then you might have to be a bit more careful. You don't want to go and hurt your back or... Right. Know, enjoy your, your joints so apart from that I think there's no harm trying if you can do it and do it correctly I think there's no harm trying if it helps improve your circulation helps you uh, you know feel better and your helps your mood <laughs> you know you can even help restless ticks which is something quite difficult to treat I think that's good yeah I mean we've had a couple of callers um, on our free clinic who have mentioned they suffer from restless leg syndrome yeah. this is definitely something you would recommend they yeah try. I mean they can try they can try because uh, alternative is medications which are you know have their own side effects so no harm this it looks quite safe just make sure the technique is correct all right wonderful and uh, some wise words for you you're, you're speaking at an engagement soon right so actually the it's a Malaysian Wellness Day on July the 20th so it's it's a uh, it's a full day workshop because I'm very good exciting speakers I'll be speaking of course mm-hmm. and uh, actually it's a uh, it's open to the public um, I think the venue and the date is still uh, the date is fixed but the venue will be out soon so uh, anyone interested to know more about wellness I think we got about five six speakers all on different topics all Biscuit lifestyle. Wonderful. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think if you check out on the WW Wellness, uh, you know, it's one word, huh? MalaysianWellness.org. It's there to tell you uh, the date, the time, and the speakers who are going to speak. I think the venue will be out soon. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your wise words this week, Dr. Rajvans. Thank you.